0: our salvation and all that we need Uh, father It is truly we can say how could we want more when we have all that we need in you thank you for the opportunity you've given to us already this morning to engage in worship and father i pray we would continue to do that as we open up your written word we invite your holy spirit to speak to us to convict us to challenge us and ultimately to change us into the image of jesus this morning It's in his good name that I ask it. Amen and amen. I want to invite you to take your Bible and open up with me to the book of Acts. Once again, we're in the book of Acts chapter Thirteen, and we're going to finish chapter 13 this morning as I want to share a few uh, thoughts with you from uh, on this idea of reactions and responses. Now, uh, let me kind of get us into the mindset of what's happening here in Acts chapter 13 by saying that hopefully by the time we have gotten here, now 22 weeks we've spent in this book of Acts, I hope that one of the truths that we have learned or at least the truth that has been reinforced is that every follower of Jesus has a responsibility to share with others what Jesus has done for them. You biblically cannot separate the call to follow Jesus from the call to share Jesus. You can't do it. They're one and the same. Now even though we know that even though maybe we've been reminded of that the reality is that we're not as engaged in that as we should be several reasons contribute to that and and one of them might have to do with the reactions and the responses that we are called uh, to react to that occur when we try to share with others what Jesus has done for us maybe maybe you're in this situation this morning. Maybe you've tried to share with someone else what Jesus has done for you, but their response was cold. Maybe you have been mocked for your faith when you try to share that faith. Maybe you you were rejected in trying to share that message. Maybe you were challenged. Maybe something happened that makes you a little bit hesitant to continue to share with others what Jesus has done for you. Let's take that scenario and let's even apply it out a little bit further and a little bit more broadly. Have you ever tried to minister to Someone, and as you've done that, you've discovered that they were selfish jerks. Don't look at me like that. Yeah, anybody, anybody tried to that? I mean, have you ever tried to do something for someone from a heart of, of sincerity, and all you got back was rejection and ingratitude? Have you tried to reach out to someone and be the extension of the ministry of Jesus only to have that person act in a way that was discouraging in your efforts? Well, if you've ever been in that kind of experience or one similar to it, Paul and Barnabas know how you feel. Paul and Barnabas went through multiple reactions and responses it's really, what's happening at is really amazing that they, they come to this place called Antioch in Pisidia, and they go in on the first Sabbath that they're there, they preach. And after they preach, they go on and they stay in the town, but they're invited to come back for part two. They invite them to come back and preach the series, the second message in the series. And so in between that week of the first Sabbath and the second Sabbath where they showed up, man, everybody was talking about this gospel. Everybody that was sharing the message of this gospel that they had heard so that when Paul and Barnabas come back on the second Sabbath, the place is Packed. I mean, there are people that are in there. They can't fit any more people in there. And people are a buzz about this gospel that is being shared. And it was as a result of that second Sabbath sermon, as a result of that message that Paul preached. There were hundreds that were saved, multitudes that were saved, and a church was established. Look, I'm, I'm a big NAM guy. I Got my NAM shirt on today. Our North American Mission Board, one of our best agencies in our Southern Baptist Convention. But if you want to plant a church through the North American Mission Board, there's a process you have to go through. I'm one of their certified coaches to help church planters, and and, and there's a process that that I coach a church planter for anywhere from one to three years in getting this thing established. There's a process to go through. Paul Paul was pre NAM. Paul was Paul was pre SBC. Paul wasn't a Southern Baptist. <laughs> Don't tell Kevin Ezel I said that. <laughs> but Paul establishes a church in one week. <laughs> he preaches one Sunday, he comes back the second Sabbath, and the church is there. And it, that church lasted for hundreds of years. But something happened shortly after that second Sabbath. And things for Paul and Barnabas got a little hostile. Look at our text. Acts chapter 13. Beginning in verse 44. The next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. But when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and began to contradict what was spoken by Paul, reviling him. And Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly, saying, It was necessary that the word of God be spoken first to you, since you thrust it aside and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life. Behold, we are turning to the Gentiles. For so the Lord has commanded us, saying, I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Did you catch us in that text? All the different reactions and all the different responses that were taking place in their lives And, and I think they represent the responses and the reactions that we'll receive when we try to be the hands and feet of Jesus when we try to share with someone else what Jesus has done for us and so this morning I want to summarize what's taking place in this text by using four words and I want to try to make the application from what's taking place in Acts chapter 13 to how it might take place in our lives as well. So the first word is this. Word number one is reception. Reception. There is a nice reception for Paul and Barnabas among some of these people. On the first Sabbath, we looked last week at the sermon that Paul preached on that first Sabbath. He preached that sermon on the person and the work of Jesus. He pulled history lessons from the Old Testament. He showed people how Jesus fulfilled a lot of prophecies about his life, how Jesus was that culmination of history, how Jesus was that fulfillment of prophecy, how Jesus was the Savior of sinners. And those who heard the sermon that Sabbath day, they came back the next week as that new gospel had circulated all throughout the town. In the days between that first Sabbath and the second Sabbath, folks were talking a lot. They were inviting their friends to come to church. They were getting the word out about this gospel message. So much so that, as verse 42 tells us, almost the whole city, almost the whole city city of Antioch gathered to hear the word of the Lord. Now Antioch in Pisidia was, a, was not a Jewish city, it was a Gentile city. They had community, uh, communities of Jews like many towns did, and those Jews had their synagogues. But imagine the scene when Paul and Barnabas show up on week two and the entire Jewish synagogue is filled with non-Jewish people to hear the gospel. This is something that Paul would have tweeted about. (laughs) This would have been his Facebook status. This would have gone on his resume that here he comes and there's this wonderful reception. The reception was awesome. The ministry was well received by the Gentiles. The message that was proclaimed and the messengers who proclaimed it were embraced by so many people. When you share with someone what Jesus has done for you or when you seek to serve someone as the extension of the ministry of Jesus, there will be times when you and your efforts are well received. When that happens, man, rejoice in that. Rejoice in the fact that God has opened up opportunities. You say, Pastor, I don't know if he has or not. That's why you need to get out and live sent. You need to get out and share with someone what Jesus has done for you because God has prepared some hearts to receive well what you want to share with them. Rejoice Rejoice in that, but realize that this sermon consists of more than that one word. Because the second word is rejection. You've got reception where they're well received, but you've also got rejection. You ever been to a church that has a to seating? I pastored a man once. His name was Booney. And at the First Baptist Church of Mize, Mississippi, you did not dare sit on the second pew. Where Miss Chris Holley said, they may be right, I don't know. Where <laughs> Miss Chris Holly says, you, you, that was Booney's seat. And Booney didn't care who you were. Jesus himself could have shown up. And Booney would have said, Jesus, you got to move. (laughs) Well, apparently, this synagogue in Antioch has some assigned seating. Because when the Jews come in and they see their synagogue, all of a sudden, it's filled with Gentiles sitting in their pews. Now, see, they wouldn't mind, and they didn't mind, if the Gentiles were to sit in the back of the sanctuary and and learn, and as long as they would eventually become good Gentiles, just like a bunch of Baptists, they don't care, they they don't mind if somebody different than them sits in their sanctuary, so long as they become a good Baptist in the end. And the Jews all of a sudden were getting a little aggravated that all these Gentiles were now sitting in their pews. Not only that, but Paul and Barnabas, especially Paul, Paul was not preaching to tickle their ears. Paul was just laying it out. And they didn't like what he was saying. Paul said, look, it was the Jews who killed Jesus. He came into his own, his own received not. It was Paul who said, look, this law that you Jews hold on to, this law is ineffective. It cannot save you. It cannot give you freedom. More than anything else, these, these Jews got a little jealous. It tells us in verse 45 they were filled with jealousy because when Paul came in and preached, their sanctuary, their their synagogue filled up. But when they went through their synagogue shenanigans, not very many people showed up. And now Paul was bringing in these people and they got some jealousy in their heart. All of this led to, in verse 45, The Jews contradicted what was spoken by Paul, reviling him. That is, they are rejecting him. Paul experienced a warm reception, but Paul also experienced a pretty cold rejection. Here's our application. And I think this is where some of us, maybe we give up in living a sent life. Not everyone is going to gladly receive your ministry. When you seek to serve someone, not everyone's going to welcome that. When you seek to share the hope that you have in Jesus, not everyone is going to want to hear that. Not everyone wants to hear what Jesus has done for you. Not everyone is going to believe what you say about Jesus. Expect to encounter some rejection of some kind. Now here's what happens. When we do that, what it causes us to do most of the time is exactly what the enemy wants it to do. We, we try to do that. We try to share things. We try to be faithful, and the reaction is rejection. The response is rejection, and we throw our hands up in the air, and we say, okay, I'm done. I'm not doing it again. Burn me once. Shame on me. I won't give a chance for someone to do that to me again. And so we stop doing what God's called us to do because of the discouragement that comes from that. And look, I get that. I've knocked on doors and received the speaking of tongues that were not in a biblical language before. (laughs) I had a man tell me I'm smoking my crack, my cocaine. Leave me non-church words alone. I get it. But if you find yourself in that boat today, if you find yourself as someone who's trying to share and you're experiencing rejection, someone in your family do doesn't want to hear the truth, your friend doesn't want, to, doesn't want to receive the truth, listen, let me encourage you, don't give up. Do not give up. In fact, let the apostle Paul, the same one who had this rejection, he wrote a letter to some Christians in another church one time, and he told them in the book of Galatians, do not grow weary in doing good. Don't give up in doing good because in due season, we will reap what we sow if we do not give up. So if that is your situation this morning, if you're encountering rejection or if if you think you might encounter it in the future, when it happens, be faithful, persevere, don't give up, keep on keeping on. The rejection of people against your ministry is not an excuse to stop. Because imagine what would have happened had Jesus stopped at the first sign of rejection. We couldn't sing about that wonderful Savior that we sung about this morning. But Jesus took the rejection and He took our sin nonetheless. There was a reception and there was a rejection. And the rejection led to the third word that word is revision, revision. You watch a football team where we're getting on the tail end of football season. If y'all didn't know, Dr. Jackson's team won yesterday. If you don't know that, he's going to tell you about it. (laughs) And uh, a football player, when 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 that team gets in that huddle, now again, I'm no expert, and I don't pretend to be on Facebook groups. but when that team gets in a huddle, they leave that huddle with a play. The quarterback has a play in mind. And he comes up to the line of scrimmage, and he surveys the defense. And if the defense is formulating in a way or a pattern that leads the quarterback to believe that his play is not going to work, he does something called an audible. He changes the play at the line of scrimmage instead of the huddle, and he barks it out loud so everyone knows what it is, hence the term audible. Now, he doesn't invent a new play in that moment. In fact, a boys could testify, they practice those plays all through the week. And so when the quarterback calls the audible, he's just redirecting them to a different play. They're revising the strategy. Paul is calling an audible. He's revising the strategy. The goal is the same, it's just the way they're going to try to go about the goal is a tad bit different. That's why it says... In verses 46 and 47, Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly, saying, It was necessary that the word of God be spoken first to you, the Jews, since you thrust it aside, and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life. Behold, we are turning, we're we're revising the strategy, we're turning to the Gentiles. For the Lord has commanded us, saying, I've made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. Paul is revising the strategy. Paul is is changing the method to get the gospel to the people. And he does it so everyone can hear. Now, Now look, Paul said, we want to get this gospel to the Jews first. Paul himself was a Jew. And he wanted the Jews to hear the gospel first. Also, Paul understood the Great Commission of Acts chapter 1, verse 8, which says the gospel begins in Jerusalem. You start sharing the gospel in Jerusalem. But Paul also understood that the gospel was not just for the Jews. It was for everyone. Paul also understood that the last part of Acts chapter 1, verse 8, said to get that gospel to Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth, to the very ends of the earth. And so Paul changed his strategy to take the gospel to those who would receive it. What's the application here for us today? What can we learn from Paul's revision? I don't want you to interpret this or hear me say that we need to write someone off if they don't receive the gospel. That's not what Paul is saying. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what Scripture's teaching. If someone doesn't believe, not to just write them off and just say, okay, well, they're a lost cause we just may need to call an audible and how we share the gospel with that person or to whom we share the gospel. Here's what this, this revision really teaches me. There will always be someone in your life who needs to see Jesus in you and who needs to hear about Jesus from you. Therefore, if someone rejects your message, and they reject your ministry Rest assured, there is someone else in your life who needs to hear the good news of the gospel. If you only know of one person that doesn't have a relationship with Jesus, you need to get out of your holy huddles. You need to get out of your connection groups and get into the streets. You need to get out of your house and get into your community. You need to find somebody around you because there are lost people all around here who need Jesus. And if you don't know one, that's your fault. God will always put someone in your life that he's designed for you to share and to show the gospel with them. And you know what? That person who keeps rejecting your attempts to share with them, that person who keeps rejecting your ministry to them, don't worry, God's got some other folks lined up to get them too. God's going to put other people in their lives to speak into their lives as well. Don't give up. Pray that the Spirit will give you clear direction. Trust God with the details. Be faithful, because there's someone else in your sphere of influence who's just waiting for you to share with them the hope that you have in Jesus. I promise. Revision. And the fourth word results. The results of this reception that led to the area also included rejection that led to this revision. It's important to understand the results weren't all roses and daffodils and puppies and kittens. Uh, Paul and Barnabas were persecuted to the point that they had to leave the area where they were shake the dust off their feet. We ain't got time to get to that, but that was pretty symbolic. And go on to Iconium. You see, for Paul, I'll try not to jump on this soapbox. For Paul, following Jesus did not lead to a bigger house. It didn't lead to a bigger salary. It didn't lead to a nicer car or chariot. Or any of the other things that the garbage of the false prosperity gospel promises. Instead, Paul's life was marked by difficulty and pain for the sake of the gospel yet the gospel will march on you will never stomp out the gospel you will never stymie the gospel the gospel will march on but that doesn't mean that the messengers of the gospel you and I escape all the unpleasant experiences in life but there were some good results too People believe the gospel, so that 40, verse 49 tells us the word of the Lord was spreading throughout the whole region. And verse 52 says, the disciples were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. Did you notice that? I'm going to camp there for a second. The disciples were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. The disciples were filled with two things, joy and the Holy Spirit. The disciples were filled with what? With joy. And the Holy Spirit. The disciples were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. Why? Because they were doing what God had called them to do. Therefore, if your life is characterized, when people look at you and they don't see the Holy Spirit moving and working in your life, or when people observe you and they think that you were raised on sauerkraut and we don't lemon juice, when you got that sour disposition, if there's no joy in your life, that means the Holy Spirit's not working in your life. And if the Holy Spirit's not working in your life, it's because you're doing the wrong thing. Do the right thing. Do what God's called you to do. Because when you do what God calls you to do, his disciples are filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. And these disciples were committed to this task. And when you're faithful in the face of rejection, when you readjust your strategy and and you continue to share and to serve and to love, God fills your heart with joy. Even when you encounter rejection and adversity, and he accomplishes his purpose in your life and through your life, even, listen, even when you cannot see it, if you will be faithful if you will persevere in showing and sharing the love of Jesus and what he's done for you, God will use your life even when you cannot see it in ways that you don't understand. Every Sunday, I sleep the best on Sunday nights. Not because I'm tired because my only day I work. I mean, you know, it's not that big a deal. That's a joke. None of you laughed at that <laughs> at all. You're all know, like he speaks the truth. He's testifying he in order we run week. But the reason that I sleep so well on Sunday night is I don't, I don't care if five people or 500 people walk down this aisle. My job's to be faithful. And if I'm faithful to what God has said, that's my task. And I can lay my head on my pillow at night. Now, I didn't mention Monday through Saturday night if I don't sleep that well. (laughs) Maybe because I'm not as faithful. But at least on on Sunday. Because the task is not to create converts. The task is to share Jesus, period. And he handles the details. But I don't want you to miss what kind of ties this in together. The key to how Paul and Barnabas handled these reactions and handled these responses. You, you don't, if you just read the text, you, you miss it. You have to really go back and look because it's repeated several times. It's its phrase, the word of the Lord or the word of God. For example, verse 44, the next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. It was the word of the Lord that piqued their interest. Verse 46, and Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly, saying, It was necessary that the word of God be spoken. Paul and Barnabas never lost sight of the fact that their task was to deliver not their word, but the word of God. Verse 48, and when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord. The focus wasn't Paul and Barnabas, it was the word of the Lord. Verse 49. And the word of the Lord was spreading throughout the whole region. Four times the word of the Lord is mentioned. Listen, my friend, I want to challenge you this morning. Stay faithful to the task to speak the word of the Lord. The world, this world, does not need to hear my opinion or your opinion. This world needs to hear the truth of a living God. Our culture does not need political pundits. Our culture needs to be transformed by the power of the gospel. Have you accepted the word of the Lord? Has there been a time in your life when this word of God that tells us that we're sinners, that tells us that Jesus lived a life we could not live and died a death we should have died, that he was buried, but three days later rose again, conquering death, hell, and the grave in our sin. Has there been a time you've received that? Has there been a time you've received the instructions of this word to confess with your mouth that the Lord Jesus is Christ and to believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead? Has there been a time when this word of the Lord has called you to repentance? To where you declared your desire to God to turn from your sin and to serve a Savior. If there's never been a time in your life when you've received the word of the Lord, man, receive that word today. Paul would say in the book of Romans that he was not ashamed of the gospel, and neither should we be. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to all who will believe. If you've never believed the gospel, I implore you to believe it today. But how about those of us in this room who have believed this word of the Lord? Are you declaring it? One of the ways that we are called to declare the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus is through something that we call communion or the Lord's Supper. It is a, every time we partake, it is a declaration We show the Lord's death until he comes. So every now and then at First Baptist, we take a few moments to observe communion. Now this communion is for those who have a relationship with Jesus because it is something that believers do to declare the death of Jesus in this context. So when we leave this context... We're also ready to declare it by our lives, by our actions, by our words. But if you are here this morning and you're a follower of Jesus, we're going to invite you if you'd like to participate in this, whether you're a member of this church or whether you're a member of another church. We believe this is something that all of God's people are welcome to participate in. So at this time, I'm going to ask our deacons, if they would, to to come forward as we prepare to partake in communion, observing the Lord's Supper. I'll ask uh, Brandon and Jordan, if you guys will go ahead and, and pass the plates to the deacons. these deacons in just a moment as they distribute these elements uh, to you. Uh, These are two cups stacked back to back, so be sure that you pick up the two cups that are in each each container. Uh, Gentlemen, if you would, go ahead and serve our congregation. I not know if you would return to the front. As you take those two cups your bottom cup has a small piece of unleavened bread that bread is symbolic of the body of jesus the apostle paul wrote this to the church in corinth and 1 corinthians chapter 11 verses 23 and 24 if i received from the lord what I also delivered to you that the lord jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Your other cup contains the fruit of the vine that is symbolic of the blood of Jesus. Paul continued by saying in the same way also, Jesus took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Father, I thank you for the life and the death of Jesus for my sins. For the body that was broken, for the blood that was shed. And Father, today as we, through this observance of communion, declare and remember your death, I pray that it would spur us to declare that outside of these walls, that as the church here today is gathered, that we would be the church scattered, that we'd share the gospel as we go. In the good name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing for our time of commitment today.